that's unfortunate. Yeah, that was close. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's unfortunate you're going to be in Oklahoma. Uh, I don't we get to see Anna and Paul. It'll be fun. Yeah, but they might be way too busy. I know, because Paul doesn't listen to his own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even listen to his own podcast? I don't think so. Oh. He's too busy. He's too. He's way too busy. Way too busy. Yeah, that's funny. All right. Well, welcome, everybody, to Beer, Bourbon, and Balderdash. Balderdash. <laughs> we don't have to listen to worry about him listening because he's too busy to listen to this. Yeah, he is. He is. But he definitely wants us to listen to his stuff, which, yeah. which I have. Yeah, I have, too. Not all of them, but some of them. Only because Anna sends it to me. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'll watch. She has a way about her. And then as soon as I saw Paul's face, I was like, I don't watch this. It's not what I thought it was going to be. If he just did audio, he does. So the the weird thing. Okay. So what we're talking about. So for our listener, you understand. So you understand. We have a mutual friend (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. that I met through John and Mm -hmm. he has a podcast. And he has like a whole thing. He's he's got more than a podcast, but we're not going to talk about that. But his podcast um, is about you know uh, how to organize your life, basically. If you got a lot going on, I think that's yeah. a good summary of it. Uh, and what's it called? Is it called Way Too Busy? It's Way, way Too Busy. busy yeah, way I didn't know busy. if I wanted to advertise that or not. That's fine. And uh, well, you know, someone might be like, you know, I'm going to go in the comments and say like, hey, you got these friends that on this other podcast that call you out on all the time. He didn't say anything. He, I think Paul actually thinks it's funny. I call it the what have I done with myself podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Last time we were there, why is, why is my family left me it. podcast? Because <laughs> I'm way too busy. Um, we, have check, we have a good chuckle about it. That's good. He's a good sport Smart about fella, that. Making a... Making a business, doing something uh, different, taking a risk. So yeah. good on him. Yeah. And so uh, we like to make fun of him. Yeah, we do. Yeah. <laughs> and he kind of deserves it anyways. Uh-huh. So yeah, his personality he's not pun- is. He's not, he's not punchable, but sometimes you want to poke him in the eye. Yeah. But, like, but, but he has his webcam. His webcam sits up way too high. And it's just, it's not a good, if he, if they invested in a small, like Sony camera that they could hook up and it, and mm. it was more forward. And he had like a, I don't know. <clears throat> it seems, See. it seems too zoomy for like uh the professional vibe that he tries to give out. Do you if think, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Like the one that I'm using right now. Yeah. But this is just you and I, and you, and if you did know, it for work, just... it'd be fine. But if you're to produce and publish a podcast, yeah. I would want to do something a little more polished, especially about how camera angles and stuff. But, I actually think the camera on my laptop is better than this one, but it yeah. sits weird to be able to make it not look weird. Yeah. Face, so I like using this one instead. Yeah. It's like uh, girls. Actually, girls like it when you take pictures looking down on them. That's why the, they like um, tall men. Okay. Well, I don't know about that, but. <laughs> well, they look better. I don't know. Who looks? Tall men? No. Or when girls take pictures. That, I can do that. Yeah. They take pictures way up high because they look better. Because if, if you looked from below, you would just see. All of their chins and stuff. It's not a, and their boogers and yeah, that's not a very attractive. Gross. attractive. I don't know. I think the phone, I think the camera on my cell phone is actually better than both of these. When I interviewed for my job at Wayfair, I used my cell phone as my webcam. I just set it up on a little tripod. Yeah. What filters did you have on it? Did you have all the blemish uh, filters and everything? No, but I had the little dog ears and the heart nose. Oh, good. And you had little sparkles all around your head while you're doing it. Uh huh. Super yep. professional. Well, fairies in the background you know i'd probably watch his podcast if he actually did stuff like that <laughs> we could no i'd watch his i'd watch paul's oh, podcast, his podcast? Yeah, if, if he did, he did stuff that like just that, yeah. like 
random things. <clears throat> like we should just have Anna Giraffe. just throw in some yes, just throw in some things without him knowing and just <laughs> see if anyone says anything. That'd be great. I love it. I think it'd be fun. Um, speaking of web of uh, podcast interactions, um, I had um, uh, wine therapy with Debbie. Oh uh, yeah, Providence Debbie. Yeah, other day, and we we're talking about but the podcast came up. And uh, she said, if you guys did a live, she would totally call in. Yeah. She would call in and talk to us. I'm working on it. She would love to. So currently I've been talking to a few people and uh, they're getting me hooked up on open source platforms with virtual machines that can run a radio. And through this radio is where we can hook up to other streams like the no agenda stream and stuff like that. We, they actually even have live slots on the no agenda stream where you can, uh, go on live and people listen to you if they're, they're so inclined. And since, you know, there's, you know, tens of thousands of people, I believe that listen to no agenda, then, you know, mm-hmm. you can get a little base going from that. We could, but more than that, you can do it at other times too. And then it's recorded and then we just publish it as a podcast for people who, who miss the live show. I like that. Yeah. So that can be fun, but also like- tell your friend while she's doing wine therapy with you, that if she calls that voicemail number, we will put her voicemail her message on the uh, podcast. I definitely need to. She definitely would too. She's that kind of person. Yeah, that's She's good. not the person that's like, oh yeah, it's a good idea. She's like, fucking right, I'm going to do that. I'm calling right now and you better put it on there. Yeah. And that's the kind of, that's the kind of listeners we're looking for. That's right. Ones who don't give a fuck. Yeah. And like to actively participate. Participate with us. We're nice guys. We don't bite. Hard. I'm a nibbler. Are you a nibbler? <laughs> I'm a nibbler. Yeah, I'm a nibbler. Dana's a biter. Anyways, so... Uh, we're doing, uh, the beer first. Johnny, what's that beer? What's that beer? Ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) My door number two is a tall boy called Reckling by Harpoon Lager. (laughs) Nice. Harpoon Rec League. Yeah. So it's a lager. This is not the first time. I don't know. I just, I don't know. Oh, it's an IPA. Yes. Cool down companion is what it says on it. It's probably not a lager. No, I'm going to say uh, it's not. However, uh, I just, I like the way it sounds when you're like, lager. Directly lager. There's a little bit more to it when you're yeah. being a dong. Yep. Um, let's see. Oh, they have another one on here called Open League Lager. Oh. That's a non-alcoholic version. That's oh, funny. which we will be doing. We should do a podcast. We should do like a sober week. And it's yeah. just non-alcoholic beers and liquors or liquors. I'm on, I'm on board with that. Okay. We can figure it out. Podcast idea. Uh, yep, yep, yep. Well, I've been thinking about that. Athletic is pretty big, popular. Yep. yep. Uh, and it's not bad. You can tell it's non-alcoholic and it's not quite, it's like near beer, but yeah. better. Like, yeah. you remember near beer? I like, do. O'Doul's. Yes. Yeah, like, O'Doul's. Ugh, gross. Yeah. Uh, they weren't good. This is actually yeah. pretty tasty. For the uh, um, recovering alcoholic Irish man who doesn't want to be left out. <laughs> O'Doyles. <laughs> um, so Harpoon Brewing, Brewery, if you don't, if for Brewery. those who don't remember, they were the ones that brewed the uh, the Wayfair 20th anniversary green lager, purple pills, purple pinwheel green lager. Yeah. Uh, I have a whole bunch of it, by the way. Do you? Yeah, like yeah. 30 cans. It wasn't bad. It was actually pretty good. Yeah. We had a whole bunch left over because a lot of people didn't take it home. Well, and so fun. I just kept bringing it home. I was just yeah. like, can I have some more? They're like, yeah, just and so I got a bunch. Yeah. And my plan is to have a housewarming party at the condo <laughs> and make people drink it. 
make them drink it. I mean, it. let them drink it because that's what they want. <laughs> no, we don't have anything else. Nope, this is it. This is it. You can have the good stuff when this is gone. Drink up. Oh, this is it. Please let me know if this is it. No, yeah. This is if, it. If, if this Move, is it. Move, moving on. <laughs> All right, Huey Louie. So, so Harpoon Brewing is one of the larger breweries <laughs> ah. in uh, Massive Two Shits. Yep. Uh, they make some decent beers. Nice. They, they're, they're a large regional brewery. So okay. anyway, this one, Rec League, I just, I like that it's called Rec League. Yeah. It, the, the label is reminiscent of Dodgeball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like That's that. I actually, I like it. it. I like the colors and everything. Oh, here it is. It, it actually is still on there. Covers. On the, Rec is short for Recreational League. Oh, it is? Rec League is a crushable craft beer that won't slow you down. The perfect way to celebrate life and victories. Oh my god! Neighbors right, are gonna be just, like, "Calm down in there." Probably. That's like that asshole that goes to do Rec League and thinks he's trying to win the World Cup. Oh yeah. Uh, brewed with tropical modern hops and groundbreaking blend of ingredients, buckwheat kasha, chai seeds. Oh, this what is this hippie bullshit? Uh, it sounds like people who play dodgeball would drink this. Bunch of hippies. Quinoa salad and a buckwheat beer. Uh, light Ooh, and refreshing, beer. but full. I'm talking shit about things that I do. <laughs> I like quinoa. I like quinoa. Uh, light and refreshing, full of flavor, packs everything we love about hot forward beers into an easy drinking, sessionable package. Sessionable. Sessionable. Uh, 4.0%. Okay. 35 IBUs. Ready? Here we go. And... That was good. I have to Cheers, mark buddy. that. How many is that's at ten minutes? Cheers, my brother. Cheers. No, it's good. It's, it's more, um, much more hot flavored than malt flavored. Uh, but that's to be expected when you get a light session APA. Yep. You don't have as much of the malt balance. Yeah. Um, it's hoppy. It's, good. it's hazy. It's light. <clears throat> like it. it's still citry, citrusy it kind of reminds me of like a west coast ipa a little bit with that back bitter there's yeah. a back taste it's not it as does kind of have that like it has that that northwest like sort of piney yep piney um hot flavor as opposed to what you typically get in other places but it's a hazy ipa which is a uh new england they all, they also will call them new england style ipas yeah um they've been pretty popular but I like them. I think yeah. they're good. They're usually lighter. Uh, but that's tasty. Yeah, nice 16 job. ounces, uh, 120 calories. Nice job, Hapoon. This might be um and a four I mean, percenter. I don't want to I don't want to talk shit about my um cold snacks, but this would be a good paddleboarding beer. Nah, I'd pass on this one. I would have it on the first one, but then I would need a, a cold snack to finish yeah, it. Yeah, just it's the aftertaste for me. The aftertaste isn't awesome to me it's a little, little little dry it goes in the back it like gets in the back of your tongue and just yeah sits oh yeah there. it's sitting in the, but it's yeah. just bitter yeah which i mean the front is really nice it's citrusy and all that but yeah it tastes like like a northwest ipa honestly and maybe people they over see. there like that yeah i'm sure they do mm. well i'm sorry it's uh, slightly disappointing but also tasty. no this is what we do man we try I wonder, things so i like to do this I like to pour it in a glass so I can see it because this is in a can. Uh, and I like to see what it looks like. I like to take its clothes off. Wes, did you did you did you know I have a naked lady fetish? Yeah, I do too. Yeah. 
really gets me going. That's the sound of our whiskey tonight. Uh, it looks like it has a hair on it. Maybe it's just a cheap bottle. Yours has oh, a hair a, on it. I can't tell. I'm going to take it back. Honestly, I probably just scraped the bottle when I was knifing it open. Oh, 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 oh. oh. I got what you're saying. Yeah, but it had a All wrapper right. on it and everything, right? Yeah, but I think it was very aggressive getting it off. <laughs> so. Well, this is uh, um, this is a Heaven Hills. Check it out. Super oh, hazy. It, yeah, it is very hazy. Looks really thick. It's Can't a see through it, yeah. Anyway. Uh, so what we're going to drink tonight is a Sazerac Rye. This is uh, from Buffalo Trace Distillery. Buffalo Trace. Yep. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't actually know that until I just now searched it. Uh, it says it's the one and only New Orleans original. The Sazerac rye whiskey symbolizes the tradition and history of New Orleans. Rye whiskey dates back to the 1800s around the time when saloons veiled as coffee houses began lining the streets of New Orleans. It was at the Sazerac coffee house on Royal Street where local patrons were served toddies made with rye whiskey and Pachad's bitters. The libation became known as the Sazerac. And America's first branded cocktail was born. This is the whiskey that started it all. I bet. There's a lot of places that uh, claim that. Yeah, I know. You got to go back and like, this is bullshit. What's going on? Uh-oh. Uh. Oh, that's good. Uh, so let's pour a little Sazerac rye, shall we? I love Wikipedia says the Sazerac is a local variation of cognac or whiskey cocktail originally from New Orleans. There you go. Named for the Sazerac de Forge et Fils brand of cognac brandy that served as its original main ingredient. So the Sazerac is a cocktail. Yeah, the Sazerac is a cocktail. It's the rye whiskey and the bitters. It just said it. I just said it. It's a toddy made with rye whiskey. and So a toddy is honey lemon juice and hot water with like an ounce and a half of whiskey it's good if you're not feeling so good yeah or on a cold night you know like it's getting cold over here when you come home you'll see you're probably in the 70s still no it's 40 degrees oh nice it was 28 degrees and i walked to the train today yeah so that's what we're at for the last week but it's all been sunny here in washington which is great always sunny in Mm -hmm. washington uh it even has it on the bottle that the this rye whiskey is the perfect choice to make the Sazerac cocktail, America's well, first cocktail. Read the bottle. It says on the on the Wikipedia, it says it's made with rye whiskey, absinthe, pashad's bitters, sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, although sometimes bourbon whiskey is substituted for yeah. rye. Absinthe too, huh? You like absinthe? Absinthe. Uh, no. Oh, I like it. Uh, I think maybe in the right cocktail, I do. It's been a while. I like absinthe. It's oh. probably the same reason why I like Akavit. <laughs> well, we should probably, yeah, probably. Just you're disgusting. Weird. <laughs> um, we should do a, a alternative drinks one. Not like, what's your favorite vodka? No, because um, gross vodka. That's boring. It I like is. I like good vodka. There is good vodka, um, but most vodka is not good vodka. <laughs> but like, you know, like the one-offs, the one where there's not a lot. You know, like cognac is a good one. Like, there's a lot of cognacs, I guess, but it's not like a very common drinking yeah not common as common as like yeah i like cognac too vodka mm-hmm. tequila yeah, but they're in the they're in the family so you're in the family you're in the family all right man cheers loves bottoms up
It's got a great smell. It's sweet on the nose. Sweet and caramely. Little, like, tin. Oh, my God. <laughs> that one had a little... It's a heavy, heavy glass. That was funny. Heavy tumbler. Wow, the mellow rye bite. Mm-hmm. Um, it's light. It's light. I'm not picking up the chocolatey taste that I usually get. Um, it's at the end. Like, breathe out in through your nose, out through your mouth. You'll get a little, like at least me when I breathe out the last time. I got a little bit on my in like the very middle of my tongue. It's subtle because the the rye bite the kind of coats all the sides. Kind of leaves the middle of your tongue open. It doesn't burn. Yeah, uh, it's and it's not terribly uncomfortable, but it sort of dulls everything else that's around it. Oh, it's on the second. More savory on the second taste. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not bad. It's good. Yeah, you know, um, I like Elijah Craig Rye. Yeah, I'd say it's somewhere around there. Maybe a little lighter than that. Yeah. It's good. I can see how this would make a really good cocktail. Yeah. I got to get it more into cocktails. Dana wants me to walk around in a little leather apron with nothing else on and make her cocktails all day long. That's her fantasy. Yeah, let me know. I'll be over. (laughs) (laughs) Swearing you. It's Harry back there. I've seen glimpses of parts. Yeah. Glimpses of parts. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not shy about it. I don't care. I don't give a shit. You shouldn't. You shouldn't care. No, I don't care. I'm married. Yeah, some people. Some people have a swimming sweater. Some people have a yep. back patch. Yep. Back beard. Yeah. <laughs> I, back I have beard. Helen. I don't have a back beard. I'm like patch. I have like mange. Yeah. <laughs> mange. It's like I'm a mangy. It's dog. like patchy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite that bad, but it is. It is uh, a little sporadic, and and it's really light. Yeah, because I'm pretty generally fair skinned and my, my hair is fairly light. It's not coarse at all. And Helen says when she snuggles up to my back, it tickles her nose. So she trims it for me. <laughs> Wait a minute. When she snuggles up to your back, it tickles her nose. Not on my butt, like on my back, back <laughs> on my back, like in the middle of my back. Because we were talking about <laughs> we're talking about no, I said you're sw- I know. But then I said your swimming sweater. You were wearing your swimming sweater. <laughs> I don't know. If we re-listened to this. I think you went swimming sweater to backbeard, and that's where the conversation was continuing. Yeah. Well, where's your backbeard? Is it on your butthole? No, but it's on my lower back. Oh. All right. Backbeard. Okay, fine. Maybe she likes to sleep a little lower than me. It's warm down there. That's where all the chill is. <laughs> no sense of smell either, apparently. I'm not stinky. (laughs) (laughs) I spent enough time that I know that you are. (laughs) Well, I know one of our topics while we're uh, drinking these uh, delicious libations here. And um, Mm -hmm. we invite our listeners also to uh, pull up their favorite cocktail while you're listening to this. If you can, I know if you're driving, please don't do that. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you're sitting at home or in a place where, you know, you have some time to listen to this, um, you know, think about your favorite cocktail. And, um, as we talk about some, uh, topics and we always want to make sure that we're providing some kind of, um, information for our listeners. I think that's important. That's not just you and I, uh, being 12 year old goofballs. Yeah. I feel like, 
like if we do start doing a little bit more of this live, mm-hmm. um, we should be more organized. Yeah, we'll be and, more organized uh, for sure. And pu- publish ahead of time what we're going to drink so people can drink along. Yeah, that and... Uh, like, not not just like an hour, like days. So if somebody wants to go out and find it, yeah, they can. Or, you know, like if I'm bringing stuff home from from Boston, they can ping me to bring it home for them. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's how I could bribe people to listen live. And like, I got a six pack of rec league. Yeah. I'll get you. So I'll give you some. I only need two. There's four left. Who wants it? But you got to listen and you get one chance. You don't listen. Yeah. You don't listen live. Yep. Call in. You're cut off. Yeah. Yeah. No more. Go, go into Sam's you. house. Um, you need to go to Tim's house. Cause Tim listens. Yeah. Does he? Tim, thanks for listening. Oh, yeah, he even left a review on Apple, so that was nice of Tim. Tim's a good person. Tim he is a good packages person. packages inside today so they wouldn't get stolen. That's nice. I really wish I'd uh, get to know Tim a little bit better. Tim, if you're listening, um, you know, I'm available. <laughs> Whoa, easy. Don't say well, He's a married man. <laughs> I've never met his wife. She doesn't exist. <laughs> I've seen Tim three times. I know he has a kid. But I don't know if he has a wife yet. <laughs> One of the topics Trust that you me, she exists and she's delightful. <laughs> One of the things that you brought up was successful relationships. And uh, yeah. when I looked at it, I admit I was uh, drinking a little when I looked at it uh, because your bride was over at our house uh, visiting. Yeah, she has a, she gets people to drink. I don't know why. Thanks. Dana gave her gave her the drinks this time. And uh, and so I showed it to her and she's like, oh, yeah, this is good stuff. And then mm-hmm. the next day when I looked at it, I was like, this is the Gottman Institute. It she knew Gottman right Institute. she knew right away, which was good. That's good. Oh, yeah. I knew right away when I saw the headline. It was on CNBC. Yeah. I suspected when I clicked it. but um, And we've alluded to some of this stuff, but it was nice to see an article like this that kind of spells it out. Yeah. Um, and these are, the reason it's like kind of near and dear to me is, um, like it helped Helen and I get through some stuff. It's made our relationship stronger, but it's also, um, like, I know she talked to you a little bit about it, uh, but we did the Gottman workshop at one point. And at some point through it, it's like geared towards relationships, like um, romantic relationships or intimate relationships. Yeah. But like this, the idea behind it is not limited to that. Like as we're listening to some of the things they're talking about, I'm like, oh my gosh, so many of my friends could value or would find value in this or could learn from this. And sure. just the way they interact with people on a day to day. Yeah. So making your relationship stronger and it's like kind of calls you out if you're not, or if you're being very self-centered, if you're a very self-centered person, you're going to think this is bullshit Yeah, because the world revolves around you. And that's kind of like this, this idea is sort of the antithesis of that. Yeah. No, that's good. No. And I I appreciate that you've gone through this and this is, um, the Gottman Institute is, uh, their love lab is in university of Washington. Right. So it's a local thing. Yep. Yep. And uh, I did some research and I actually found a couple more articles and I put up some bullet points on my notes here. So uh, we can oh, run, good. run through them as well, but um, let's start with uh, what you brought, um, what you sent me and we can put these up in the show notes. We do have show notes. Most of our show notes are yeah, links sure. to where you can buy the booze or what the booze mm-hmm. and the beer is that we have. <laughs> <clears throat> Not really where we got our information, though. We could start doing that too. Where do we get our information? Yeah, from Joe Rogan. Yep, I do every yeah. day. Um, yeah, 
I, I go back and forth. I'm, you know, a little Lex Friedman here, a little Joe Rogan there, a little no agenda there for, for good entertainment. I go to abs in a six pack with uh, my friend, sir seat sitter. Uh, those are, <laughs> those are always good. He just did the big finale of battle of the douchebags and it was hilarious. So, um, yeah, so I, I'm around, I, I listen to all kinds of weird eclectic things. I try new things. Usually they're bad. It's, it's good to hear new things. <clears throat> yeah. Most of the things that I listen to, I don't listen to a ton of, I get think I think most of the podcasts I listen to are nonfiction research based things like, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson and, uh, some of the crime ones are interesting. There's a podcast, uh, that was about, um, the murder of Tupac. Uh, so that was a good one. I like those sorts of things. Yeah. They're like serious, but not serious. Like yeah. they're not life-changing conversations. They're not going to get me riled up, Yeah, but they make me think I learned something yeah. anyway. Yeah. Uh, so Gottman, Gottman Institute. Gottman. And it's so called the doing, number was, one thing that makes relationships successful. Was the yeah, name This of came article. up in my newsfeed while I was doom scrolling <clears> about <throat> the world. I think the, the Google knew that I needed something a little more uplifting. So, um, a little bit about the Gottmans too that I find very fascinating is they take a very scientific approach to relationships. And one of the things they do that's, that's really interesting is they in real time test for um, hormones and test your blood while you're going through different emotional states uh, and you're having these conversations and they've um, created, they've sort of figured out very real physical changes that happen in your body um, when you're stressed or you're having certain conversations, uh, and it, it's just fascinating. And it's, um, the idea behind it is understanding from, at a physical level, why we react and how we become the way we are and how do we recognize it and stop it? Cause it's not necessarily healthy. Like I am a professional stonewaller, which means I just shut down and stop talking like just no emotion, no engagement, nothing. Um, and it's something I had to work through. Uh, and, it's a physiological change in your body that causes your brain to do that. And you can recognize it if you know it's going to happen. And the more you recognize it, the, the better part you are in a relationship because you don't just become somebody who's disengaged. So in this case, um, this is more, this article is more about um, something I find hugely valuable. Um, and it's the, the, um, well, it says the number one thing that makes relationships successful. Um, they, um, I mean, it, it gives like actually four bullet points of how to do better, but I guess the number one thing they, they say is turning towards your partner, um, which is very great. I think it's a great way to describe. It's like a physical action that you can like visualize, especially as like emotionally constipated men. We can visualize what that's like. Like you, we always talk about turning your back on someone, but we never talk about turning towards someone turning your back on someone is very negative and um, you know, you're walking away from them turning towards somebody is the exact opposite. And in this case, it, it focuses more on like almost more on the everyday little parts of it that are, that are easy to miss. You know, it's like, why do relationships kind of fall apart? It's because those little things you, you're ignoring, you're ignoring when somebody's reaching out to you or like when they're getting upset or you're missing the signs when they want your attention, you're turning away from them instead of turning towards them. Sometimes it's intentional. Sometimes it's not, uh, but it's important to think about it in the day-to-day -day little bits in your life. I agree. Emotionally constipated. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
You like that? Yeah, that was good. That was fitting. I couldn't do it. I wanted you to finish. I didn't want to interrupt your flow there. No, it's, a, it's all right. It's all right. It's no, all right. that was good. And you've had experience but, with this. And and honestly, yeah. this is, uh, so when Dan and I, we've had counseling before in our marriage, um, after 30 years of being with each other, it's bound to happen. Um, mm-hmm. Just because you grow up together and you grow, and even though you're together, you know, we're different people than we were mm-hmm. when we were 17. So and even then, um, <clears throat> Dan and I still see ourselves as 17-year-olds. Like, we don't think we're the <laughs> age that we are. And and when, when I look at Dana, speaking for myself, I see her still as as the, uh, <laughs> as the uh, freckled-faced girl that I, I met in high school and, and fell in love <laughs> with. So, um, but we had, we, had, um, we had rough patches, for sure, mm-hmm. and, uh, and had to grow through that. And <clears throat> I'll never forget... Uh, we were at uh, a kid's uh, recital, one of our kids' recital at their school, and uh, a parent of one of my students, and she was also a, a, a friend of ours because um, I worked at the school, so I, I knew a lot of the parents. And she came up to Dana and I, and she goes, I'm so excited. I got to tell you guys this thing that I learned. And we're like, okay. She goes, okay. She goes, when it comes to marriage, you have to be face to face because if you're not face to face, then oftentimes you're side by side. She goes, which is fine because it means you guys are working together. But if there's no face-to-face time, you'll end up back-to-back. And when you're back-to-back, you're not communicating at all. And she goes, I just learned this, and it's it's helped us tremendously in our marriage, and I just felt like I needed to share that with you guys. And, of course, we weren't telling people like we're seeing counseling because, you know, sometimes there's like a bit of shame, and I was like, well, yeah, things aren't awesome. Yeah. And and you're, you're uh, particular about who you – tell those things too, I guess. Mm-hmm. And Dana and I looked at each other and we had, our counselor had actually been telling us similar things, which is what this is saying too. Mm-hmm. So the f- men, I attribute it to like men, men like to work and maybe women, but I know for myself as a man, we work side by side. So you and I, we have great conversations face to face, but that has taken time. Mm-hmm. You and I got to know each other by our kids playing soccer, doing something kind of side by side. And and you and I work well together and we have great conversations when we're working. Most men will open up or talk or have some kind of uh, open dialogue with another person if they're working alongside them doing another task. Mm-hmm. And that's what the side-by-side is, is that you're working. So when you have kids um, or you're raising a family, you're working side-by-side. It's not an intimate moment with your wife to do something with these kids or your husband. Um, you're working side by side, but you have to take time when those, uh, kids go to bed or when they're off to school or whatever, to try to find some way to turn around, which is what I, it, what this article was about turn towards turn towards. Yeah. And do face to face. Sometimes it's turn around. Sometimes you got not. So sometimes I'm not, I'm not even joking. Like sometimes every now done... and then I get a little, <laughs> wait, what I'm trying to say. Is that sometimes doggy you've gone style. so far that you've style. been, yeah, that you need to just like <laughs> give that ass some smacking. Yeah. Oh man, Johnny's been away too long. <laughs> yeah, I've been smacking my own ass this whole time. Cool, sore. Uh, so he says um, it's a bid for connection. So mm-hmm. when you are turning towards your partner, you're bidding for a connection from them. You you want mm-hmm. eye contact. Um, to Dana, the rudest thing in the world is her having conversation with me and I'm on my phone. 
Oh, yeah. And I'm talking to her while I'm looking at my phone and the kids do it. And if I get caught mm-hmm. doing it, you know, she'll just stop talking, which is my cue to be like, oh, oh, <laughs> yep. Thanks. And it's not because I'm trying to ignore her. It's like I'm actually in the middle of a task, like probably emailing someone for work or something like that. Yeah. Um, and she's but she wants my full attention. Mm-hmm. And this actually I really like towards the end of this. Uh, there's like a, a to do's like how to how to do better. And it uh, it addresses one of the that specific thing, like not turning towards someone in the moment, like immediately doesn't necessarily mean you don't want to. Sometimes you can't. Yeah. Like sometimes you're in the middle of something, but the point it makes is like, you need to vocalize that or you need to make sure that the person knows, like, I want to hear you. I want to have this conversation with you, but I need to finish this right now. Yeah. And after I'm done with this right now, we'll come back to it. Yep. Like it's important to me that I hear you. Yep. And if, I'm doing this while you're trying to tell me this thing. I'm not going to hear you, which isn't fair to you and not fair to me. It's not good for us. Yep. But oftentimes uh, there's, there's the more likely reactions if you're not thinking about it is one, you mm-hmm, while you're still doing the thing and you're not listening to them and you know, they're not listening to them or sometimes you stop, but it's like with annoyance you stop what you're doing because you know the person wants to hear it and you're like, okay, okay, let's get it done, which is also not good. Yep. But I think so far, so often we're afraid to just, just be honest in that moment about what it is we need and what we're doing and the reality of it. And people understand like how, how often have you told somebody like, I can't right now. I need, I need a few minutes to finish this or, but we'll come back to it. Have people been like, fuck you. It's over. I'm out. I mean, if they do, they're assholes, so fuck them anyway. But generally speaking, people are reasonable, and they just want to know that you were paying attention, even if in just that moment. And then you'll come back to it. That is important enough to you that you'll come back to it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Dr. Gottman says when they bid for connection, they're asking for a partner's attention. So there's three ways that people typically respond. The one that you're talking about is turn towards. So you're Mm -hmm. acknowledging and engaging. And that acknowledgement could even be, Hey, give me five minutes and then we'll have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Yes. The second is turning away. Uh, he says it's actively ignoring or just not noticing their attempt to connect. That's probably the, uh-huh. Or mm-hmm. you're just kind of an autopilot because you're doing something else. Mm-hmm. And then number three is turning against. Uh, and this is when you're pissed off at the person probably, or maybe your relationship's not in a good way. And so the, the respect or the, the love or something like that, um, I guess you could say, is not existing in the moment, mm-hmm. and you don't want anything to do with this person. Fuck them. Yeah, I one of the we've I think we've talked about this not on the podcast before, but um, just between you and I before. But one of the things that is really hard for me to see is watching a partner just be mean to their their partner. Like I don't understand it. Like why would you treat somebody? You know, and it's like in this last one, it's like, can't you see I'm trying to work? It's like that annoyance that like, again, we get frustrated, but why would you tell somebody, why would you talk to somebody you love that way? Like, I don't know. I don't understand it. Um, Unless you're in like such a bad place. But if that's the case, you'd either need to extradite yourself from the relationship or work towards making it better. But why would you want to live like that with somebody and, and act towards somebody that way? I don't, I don't understand it. Yeah. I was listening to a psychologist once who talked about rolling eyes and that <clears throat> if your if your partner says something to you and you roll your eyes at what they say, 
He goes, the body language is expressing that you're literally picking them up and putting them over here. Like you mm. don't want anything to do with them. Like you're like, Ugh, and you're just annoyed. So you're like, you're subconsciously removing them from your sight is basically what the rolling of the eyes is. Mm-hmm. And he said when he would counsel couples, if, if as they were explaining maybe their side of the story, whatever the other person did that, that was like a red flag to him. Like, Oh, these guys are in worse shape than I thought. Mm-hmm. And I remember, <clears throat> Uh, when we were in counseling, I don't remember either Dana and I doing that to one another. We were intentional in looking at each other when the other person was talking. And I think that has to do with the counselor, the counselor saying like face this person. And I, mm-hmm. there was times she, she would do that our counselor. And there was times where she wanted us to look at her basically so that when you're using you or I statements, it wasn't offending the other person because they're talking to the counselor, not to that other person directly, depending on the situation. It's all very mm-hmm. there there it's it seems manipulative and it is only in the sense that we're trying to get to a destination and we don't want things that would prevent that destination because there's there's a common ground here that we got to figure out. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those things can be offensive. So mm-hmm. and the stonewalling that you talked about is like number 3, turning again so irritably or angrily shutting down mm-hmm. your attempt mm-hmm. to connect. And I've done that too. I, I'm sure most people have with people that they love, but they're just, they're pissed off. They're annoyed. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to deal mm-hmm. with it. They don't want to fuck you or their feelings are so hurt that they're just like, I don't want to no. And it, and it hurts the most when it comes from, uh, the people that are closest to you that hurts the most. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. For you sure. Expect them to not do that. Mm-hmm. Now what's what I find what was really interesting in learning about this was that there it's, it's almost like learning about personality types, the way people react to things. And that's like just something that my, my, like it was sort of freeing knowing that my physio, my physiology is what's causing me to do that. Not freeing in that I feel absolved of my, my behavior. Right. Cause I feel like a lot of people do that where they're like, Oh, well it's not my fault. That's just my personality. So uh, nobody can give me shit anymore. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, it is my, it is my problem to deal with and it doesn't make anything I did better. But now I understand where it's coming from. I can head it off and I can have an actual conversation. Um, but like th- one of the great things about the way the Gottman's work, even if you just read their, their, um, their book about marriage, um, even if it's not for a marriage, if it's just to learn how to be a better friend, it's worth it. It's all these skills can be applied. Um, and in this case, it was like knowing that it's coming and being able to say something before I get to the point where I can't say anything. So it would be like, we start going down this, this road of a conversation that's hard. And, and Helen, she's a doer. She really likes to get things out. She likes to talk about them. She likes to solve them. She's I am a doer. too. Yeah. And it has, we have to deal with this now. Yeah. And, and I'm like, wait, hold on. I just got home and you're throwing all this shit at me and I am not ready to have this conversation. But instead of even saying that, which would have been better than what I did, I would just like (laughs) stop. I would just like, let her talk at me. And then she would ask what I wanted or what I thought and be like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but now, now like it's, it's a skill that I've learned. Like I know it's coming. Like I, they call it getting flooded. So like you're, you're just flooded with emotions and people react to it differently. Red wave. Some people get angry. Some people, yeah, red wave. That's it. Uh, some people 
people might just react in different ways. I shut down. That's stonewalling. Um, but knowing it's coming and being able to say, I can't talk about this right now. Can we table this and talk about it later? Um, it's a skill that we've learned as a couple that has become invaluable because um, it's hard for both of us. I don't want to say that. And I don't ever want to talk about anything. But the agreement is if I call an audible and like time out, we need to table this. I'll talk about this later. Yeah. Um, I'm agreeing to talk about it later, which is what Helen wants. The give that Helen's giving is she wants to talk about it right now. Right. And she has to wait to resolve it. So there's a balance. There's a give and take there. Like I can't like, if we talk about it right now, it's not going to solve anything. But if we don't talk about it ever, that's also not going to solve anything. Yep. yep. So where's the balance? Yeah. We both agree that eventually we're going to talk about it. It just needs to be when we're not heated, when we're not, when it's not a big emotional conversation, when it can become an actual problem solving yeah. discussion. Yeah. You both have to work and so, on it. And sometimes it, it, it takes a couple rounds before you actually get to it. Sometimes you bring it up again and you're like, Oh fuck, I don't want to talk about this. I'm not an eye roller. I only do it in jest. Um, but I get to what you're saying. Like it's really like blow off move. It's really kind of shitty actually. The more I think about it. Yeah, me too. When it, I, when I heard that, I was like, Oh, Oh yeah. Cause Dana has caught me too. doing that too. I'm like, yes. And I do like uh -huh. an eye roll and she gets very offended by that. And I've had to work on it. I was like, I don't mean anything, but she can sense it. And one of the things that I appreciate about Dana is that, uh, she picks up on things really well. People, I'm not a, I'm not a new ager by any means, but I believe people put off a energy about themselves. I don't, I can't think of a better word for energy that might not be so woohoo. Oh, um, vibe. Yeah. Like a vibe. Like the kids call it these days. And <clears throat> like, there's people that will come up to Dana and they <laughs> will tell been talking her, about good vibes for years. Good I know, vibrations. I know. I'm picking up good vibrations, but from people 2021 will have strangers come up to Dana and just tell her her life story. When she used to work cruise ships down there at the port, all kinds of strangers, they would tell her all about their, their history and their family. Um, she had old ladies that would just sit there and talk to her and then invite, you know, us to go and live in their mansion for a month if we wanted to. And, Oh, weird shit, dude. And then she'd have people that would have such a strong reaction against her. And and typically they're not good people. I've picked up over the years that people that don't like Dana um, are people who hide or have mm -hmm. something to hide. And she doesn't ask questions. I'm the one that asks lots of questions about people. <laughs> I'm always mm -hmm. engaging in people and trying to get them to come out of their shell. And Dana's just Dana. She just floats around the universe. Um, as her joyful little self. And uh, some people do not like that. And I find those people are, are people who hide. You know why? It's you're like you're right on it. Uh, it's because she's authentic. Yeah. And people who are not authentic do not like authentic people. Yeah. Because they want to be authentic. They wish they could be who they believe they really are, but they feel like they have to put it on an act. Yeah. And, and like, I'm, I'm, I'm not really one to talk because I'm not the most authentic, but I do feel like I wear my my emotions on my sleeve and I just am who I am. Like I'm a, I'm a ding dong and I don't care. <laughs> I goof off a lot. We should have like, called I this like uh, the ding dong podcast. <laughs> yeah, probably. I'm ding. Um, but you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I have a dong. lot of fun on my day to day. Like I, this is something like people have uh, like when we go out and do stuff, I just, I'll do stuff. It's fine. It's fun. And like, what do I care what anybody else thinks? And yep. I didn't always used to be that way, but no. I do find myself struggling when I'm around people that I feel like are putting on a show or trying yeah. to oppress me. Like, 
I'm not impressed by that. Just be who you are. Yep. It's like, uh, what is it? What's the Dr. Seuss quote? Um, uh, be who you are and say what you want. Cause those that mind don't matter. And those that matter don't mind. Hey, that's a good one. Like, I like that one. I know it's perfect. I put that on Tate's wall. He had a chalkboard <clears throat> wall and I put that up there because I love it. It's like, just anyone who's going to judge you, they don't matter. Yeah. Fuck off. I used to tell Nathan just, all the time when he would do stuff, um, and get in trouble for it. I'd say, listen, it's fun to have fun, but you have to know how. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, the Gottmans, uh, here's a quote from the article from the Gottmans. It says the act of turning towards each other builds affection and a sense of teamwork, which helps strengthen the foundation of a lasting relationship. And I've, I think that's true. Like if you, if you know you're in it together, like uh, crisis situations often bring, can bring people together. And if you do it right, you understand that, Hey, we're for each other. We're doing this. It's going to be great. It's going to be Okay kids often bring people together because uh if the if the couple realizes that the kids might be tearing us apart and that that's not the thing that we should be doing we need to be the united front then i think they're more successful in that and that's part of building the teamwork a sense of teamwork like i'm not alone in this like someone's got my back and even if i'm wrong i'm still supported and they'll tell me that i'm wrong and we can work together on that and you have to be crafty of that but don't you think the crisis and the kids can do the opposite as well? Like you see it happen all the time and yes, it people can. go through yes, hard yes, times yes, yes. and like, if they're not equipped to handle it, it often drives people apart. You end up in this blame game. Yeah. But like, doesn't oh, that, fault or- would you say, so here's a thought I'm just singing on the fly that perhaps yeah. that is going the, off script. I, what? I know. What uh, <laughs> would you, would, do you think, I'll phrase it a different way. Do you think that's because what that crisis has done is highlighting the fractures in the marriage that already existed? And that if it was stronger, it would highlight the strength of it? I think so. I think it's, yeah, I think it's It can bring out the best or the worst in people, right? Yeah, it absolutely can. So uh, there was a, like, Oh, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I, I, I think, I think you're absolutely right. Like, those relationships you see where people are not nice to each other, it's hard to see how they would survive any meaningful crisis. Yeah. So then it feels like there's lots of small crises that are manufactured uh, to sort of justify why they need to be together. Oh yeah. And some, some relationships do manufacture crisis in order to stay Mm -hmm. together, which is toxic. That's not a healthy relationship. No, it's not toxic. But it's like you think about the no, it is toxic. Crisis is that is it is toxic. But do you think about the the um, like if something truly devastating happened, would that relationship survive? Probably not. Yeah, yeah. And so if you think of couples that you know, um, we're not naming names or anything like that, but you know, couples that you know, I mean, you can think of like I don't know if they would be able to survive a thing because you already know that they're either a a relationship that is based off of trauma, mm-hmm. you know, or codependency. And those codependencies well, uh, don't exist after a, and, a big trauma, a shared trauma. And Helen and I might disagree somewhat on this, but I think we were at a point where we were at a tipping point that it could have driven us um, the wrong direction. Yeah. You know, like we... It's it's not unheard of. Like we have a great relationship now, but we worked on it. But there were some times that were pretty tough. Yeah. 
Yep. And we've done the same thing. There's a statistic here on the uh, article, too. It says couples who stayed together for at least six years uh, turned toward each other 86% of the time. And this, <clears throat> those who got divorced, excuse me, those who got divorced, it was only 33% of the time. 33. Did you notice? <laughs> Did you know, one of the things that I found fascinating, too, is that their ability to predict it, whether or not a relationship will be successful. Was uh, that like 40,000 people that they studied, though, in order to get to that? Yeah, number? it was a lot of people. And, they, and now they can predict with 94% accuracy within 15 minutes of spending time with that couple. Yeah. Just based on all the things that they've learned. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which is yeah. pretty, pretty amazing, you know. Which one of the one of the most eye opening things? Like there were some really eye opening truths that came out of that um, that workshop, and one of them was some of these relationships aren't going to work, and yeah. that's like they're too far gone, and that's okay. That's just kind of how things go. Yep. Um, the other one that I absolutely loved that I think would help a ton of relationships is the understanding that you're not always going to agree on everything. Yep. And some things are just meant to never be agreed on. Yeah. Like you can disagree and just let it go and move on. Like, is it worth the argument, the disagreement, the strife in your relationship? Is it worth your relationship to hang on to this one little yeah. odd thing that yeah. you need? No, I don't think so. And friendships are the same way. <clears throat> We're all imperfect. We're all a little different, but if we just spend more time loving each other and, and not condemning each other for the little things that we disagree on. Yeah. Or communicating a, um, for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. And I think communication is a big one. And I, I think the Gottmans agree. So this is their, how to practice turning towards one another. Now mm -hmm. they said, number one, do a 10 minute check-in. So schedule a it's time important. to listen and to not rush. And in that Huge. 10 minute time, ask, is Huge. there anything you need for me today? And the second is make an effort to meet that stated need that the partner says that they need. <clears throat> so um, Dan and I don't do purposeful 10 minute check-ins, but there's, there's uh, we sit at the dinner table and we sit at the dinner table with the kids still um, mm -hmm. because they're hobos and they live at home. They're not hobos <laughs> then they're, they're already at home. They're not homeward bound, but they're bumps and um, they're figuring it out. Bumps. <clears throat> I'm just kidding. I love them. And so we, 39, yeah. why teenagers suck. <laughs> so they, they uh, so we, we sit at the table and we have these discussions and if the kids are at work or whatever, it's just Dan and I, and it's no TV, no distractions. Phones can't be at the table. That's one of our rules. And uh, good world. <clears throat> yeah. Because kitchen table or dining room table, if you will, I learned it long, long ago in Christian apologetics. That's where real conversations happen, like lectures and uh, teachings and stuff like that, whatever, pastor at the podium. But at the table where you're actually having conversations with people and you're, un you're trying to understand where they're coming from, so you're listening, and then you have the opportunity to talk about what you think and they're listening, those are the real connections start to happen with people. Mm -hmm. That's when they really start growing and and because there's a communication and even if you disagree, it's hard to be mad with food and at the kitchen table, at the dinner table, basically. Mm -hmm. And so those are the times that we have set aside that we will have a conversation that in, in the morning, we've now created a ritual where <clears throat> whoever leaves uh, to go to work first, the other one calls the other person on the road and just, you know, 
because we're usually rushing in the morning. So that's the moment we're like, I mm-hmm. miss you and I love you and hope you have a good day. And because mm-hmm. now we have a, a moment. Yeah. I love so. those rituals. They're important. No, they they're sure more important. Are. Like, I don't know that like Kel and I have, we have our rituals too. And I don't think I realized how important they were in like being here on the other side of the world. Uh, kind of highlights country. that like, country. I know the new world, <laughs> the other side of the, the new, new world. world. <laughs> Uh, I'm in the old frontier, mm-hmm. but we the talk on the phone every day. Uh, and there's, I think there's maybe been one for two days, might be more than that, but l- just a couple of days that we haven't talked. Uh, but there's always text messages. There's always communication, but it's like those days when it didn't happen, you notice and you're like, Oh yeah. I want to get to talk to that person. And like the last time it happened, it was just a, was a fluke of scheduling where I was in the middle of something and couldn't talk. And then she was in the middle of something and couldn't talk. And, you know, we're kind of communicating haphazardly yeah. back and forth, but ships but passing are, in the night. Yeah. Shit's passing in the shits, night. No, no, that's not Ships. Ships. Yep. Number two uh, <laughs> is pick up the speaking pennies. Of, speaking of shits passing. Number in the night. two. Pick up the pennies. I like this. I love this. Yeah, I like this. This turn of phrase here is actually really good. So every potential moment of connection or engagement is something of value, like a penny or a nickel or a dime or whatever, and they add up over time. So you Mm -hmm. have to invest in small moments. And so some of those moments include, and they gave a list, uh, eye contact, a smile, a sigh, a direct ask for help or attention, saying good night or good morning, asking for a favor, reading something out loud to share, pointing something out, calling your name from another room, uh, seem, even things like seeming sad or down, physically carrying something heavy by themselves, or even seeming frustrated can turn into valuable moments that mm-hmm. you can collect. You know, I know Dana, Dana will come through. <laughs> I love this woman. We call her Hurricane Dana in the morning because <laughs> she's in such a, she tries to cram so much in the morning before she goes out the door that it's just, it's a whirlwind. And then when she comes home, she's so tired, but she, she brings her lunch. She brings so much food to work because she's always afraid she's not going to eat. I don't know why. <laughs> so she has all these bags that she comes in the house with. And if I see her, I'll meet her at the door and I'll take all these bags. And she's like, <sighs> like, you know, she gives me this, like, I'm so, I'm so weak and tired. I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> and Weather. you know, so I, yeah, so I help her, you know, but she appreciates that. And oh yeah. She's so she funny, does. you know, but so, but those moments are important. The eye contact. They, they are important. Yeah. You know, she cracks me up. We were watching Yellowstone last night, and there, there's some scene where it was kind of like exciting. I looked over, and she looked at me with this weird look, and then I just started laughing. Because was, was it because they were boobs? Did best show her boobs? No, there's no boobs episodes. in the first two episodes. No, I mean she was you wearing started, she was wearing a dress that was pretty. You, no, I'm in just season started, five. No, we're in season. Oh, okay, because it came yeah. out on Sunday. Oh, um, I got it. Okay, we'll have to catch up on that. Yeah, but she was wearing something where she was just Beth was falling all out of. And uh, that might have been That's the look. Happening. I looked over at her, and she looked over at me, and I just started laughing. Cause... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know and what I'm you're like, talking about. You know, this show's very violent. Yes, it's very aggressive. Um, um, related to that, but not. It's like along the same lines, and I think it's important. Um, 
relative to the small things. So one of the things that Helen has shared with me uh, after we kind of got our shit together. All the um, small things. Like, no, oh, quit it. Um, one of the um, things that she sh- shared with uh, a friend of ours who was struggling in a relationship was um, one of the things that helped her keep going in our relationship. And she would say that, that John, me, John would was leaving breadcrumbs in that like it I wasn't really it I wasn't getting to where I needed to go as fast as she would have liked but there was a consistent effort in the small things to get there those like little improvements and so she was collecting those she would find them just like picking up the pennies those little bits those little things that show you that that person matters and cares and actually does want to do better even if it's not at the rate or or the speed or engagement that you want. There are those little things that you need to grab onto and understand that people are going to get where they're going to get at the rate they're going to get there. Sometimes people take longer. I took a long time and now I'm just above mediocre. <laughs> Helen's wonderful for tolerating me for so long. <laughs> yeah. Well, you and I, better than bad. You and I have talked. We've, we, we married up for sure. Yeah. No kidding. Just even when she was over here on Sunday, uh, what do you think of a new haircut? Oh, oh my god! She had it up. I haven't seen it. She had it up. She oh. didn't have it down. It's I had nice. no idea. Oh my goodness! Okay, uh, well, I'm gonna have to now look for that new haircut. Yeah, I'm getting home tomorrow, and I'll see you on Sunday. Yeah, now you'll see me on Thursday. I'll see you next Thursday. <laughs> you'll be in Tulsa, weirdo. You can't have that much <laughs> sex. You're not allowed. If I can't, I you am can't. A, I, I am allowed. <clears throat> and there's our sex talk for our one listener. <laughs> Likes to hear about it. Um, sorry, yeah. Sorry, Susan. Smiles, sighs, saying goodnight or good morning. All If if Dana doesn't say goodnight when she stumbles up to bed, <laughs> she's usually falling asleep <laughs> on the couch. Um, I'm like, oh, what's wrong? Like something's going on. We're like on. a kiss goodbye. Yeah, yeah I know. I do the you're same always thing. like something's going on. Are you mad at me? Yeah. <laughs> what did I do? I'll, like, I'm not insecure. It's, just, and out the door, it's like, a thing that happens all the time, I you just, know. If your mom didn't make you a that. lunch, if she always made you a lunch your whole life as a kid, and then suddenly she stopped, you'd be like, "Why? Why don't I get a lunch anymore?" Yeah, exactly. Uh, and number three was well, I don't like don't, you anymore. Get out! You're 25 years old. <laughs> get the fuck out. Uh, number three is don't give up just yet. So it's when emotional availability isn't aligned, don't give up. So if you guys aren't communicating, and I th- I think this is important for the Gottman Institute because I think they're trying to prevent people. Like when they say you're too far gone, that means that their formula has shown that they're too far gone. And you might mm-hmm. be in a very bad place. Like you should have been here. It doesn't like mean you have zero ago. chance. It means you are very likely to not be able to get yeah, this. Yes. And uh, doesn't mean you shouldn't try. Yeah, and that's just it. But you, so don't give up, but you know, you should you should still try, but and it's usually when emotional availability isn't aligned. Mm-hmm. So if your partner makes a bid but you can't engage, and this is what you talked about earlier, explain that you want to hear them but you're not available right now and set a time up later to talk instead of just mm-hmm. ignoring them or you know, just being ap- apathetic. Apathetic is the opposite mm-hmm. of empathetic, right? Where you just don't care. You just right? don't care. Yeah. yeah. Apathy. Apathy. I do I do think it's important though to acknowledge that some relationships are just not good. Like not, yeah. not even that they're 
like sometimes it's one person's toxic oh. and the other person's not. Or things you mean like they that. shouldn't have been entered in anyways? Yeah, like there is a there are situations, and I think a portion of these that like are doomed to fail mm-hmm. are in that category of like these weren't good relationships to begin with. Yeah, it's not they the people aren't compatible, and that's okay. It's sure. okay to acknowledge that. Yes, but you can acknowledge that in a healthy way. You can do all these things, and you can come to that endpoint where you're like, oh yeah, this is just not what I want or what the direction I'm going. But or, do you think that, that people that enter into those kind of relationships aren't healthy to begin with? Like they're not a healthy person. They're not, they need to work on themselves, but they're just going into some kind of, uh, codependent relationship. They're just, they don't want to be alone. I think so. I think a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think there's, there's oftentimes that we, we mask the, the hurt or the baggage or the challenges. Yeah. Um, with other people or things or just stop working experiences. Like, yeah. like one of, one of, I mean, I don't want to say it was life changing, but kind of a little bit, um, uh, eye opening, I guess was, um, at some point I read in my newsfeed as I was reading an article came up, they did a study of people who posted a lot or how often people posted videos online or pictures online about the things they were doing. And they found that generally people who post more are less happy. And when they dug into it, it's like they, it's people who tend to do it a lot are looking for affirmation and they do it through likes on photos. So they want to constantly post all the wonderful things they're doing. So people like, like them and give them affirmation and it makes them feel better. It's a trap, which which is a sign that you're not happy in your own. I mean, and it's not, perfect but generally like you're looking for another way to get that dopamine rush yep and so it made when i read that um it started making me think a lot of like why do i post pictures and i think i posted maybe one picture after that and helen always uh, likes to say she's like why are you sharing pictures of things we're doing all the important people in your life are right here right now all the people that need to be near you are here right now yeah Nobody else needs to know what we're doing. Don't need to share it. And so it really made me think about why I was doing it. And it made me realize like, I don't like I was doing it because I wanted other people to see the great thing I was doing, but why do I care? It doesn't make my relationship with the people that are in my life day to day any better. Yeah. Or it makes you feel great. You know I mean? So you're looking for that. Like, am I accepted by whomever? Yeah, but it's like putting the focus on the wrong thing. Like, why don't I put the focus on my relationships here? Like the people that actually their opinions of me matter. Yep. And will be, and then I know we're honest and it's not just like a heart emoji or a high five or a happy birthday online. It's like a hug or, or a a slap in the nuts to tell you you're being a dog. Yep. Sometimes that's a show of love. Like we need need to get a little scoop so that you know that you're loved too. I don't like the scoop though. <laughs> oh, come on. You got nice titties. Uh number know, two. I, they were twenty pounds ago. They weren't so under don't give up just yet. Number two is when you make a bid and they don't respond. I couldn't even see your nipples as you show me your chest. I couldn't even see them. It's not even worth it. Uh keep trying, but if it's a pattern, point it out. So there's the nipples. Those are hot. There we go. It's a good A cup. Okay. Um 
when you make a bid and they don't respond, keep trying. Uh, but if it's a pattern, if you notice that they always do that, point it out. Maybe they don't know mm -hmm. they're doing that. That's part of not giving up. Like yes. maybe the other person is just they're they just are unaware that mm -hmm. they do that. And then number three is uh, when a bid is made with negativity. I love this, by the way. Ignore the negativity and try to respond to the deeper hidden bid that your partner is asking for. Now I'm not I'm not a fan of the word bid. I wish they kind of replaced with something else. I understand what they're saying. They also mm -hmm. said on the <laughs> on the article too, they called it like hacks. And I don't like that word hacks either, because it it sounds like it sounds manipulative rather mm -hmm. than just working on a thing, right? Like, like it, this should be the normal thing, but here's a hack that you can manipulate your person in order to making it a normal thing. But I understand what they're getting at. Um, ignore the negativity and respond to the deeper hidden thing. Dana and I call that the thing that's about the thing. So mm -hmm. oftentimes when you, for Dana and I, both of us play this game sometimes as just being a human being, we are upset or frustrated about a thing but we're taking it out on this easier tier level thing. Mm -hmm. And if, if we know each other well and we care enough, really, I usually look at Dan and I go, what's the thing about the thing? I don't think that you're mad about this. I think you're mad about something else. What is it? And through some, maybe some arguing or some talking that's really deep, all of a sudden we discover, well, this kind of happened at work and whatever. And it reminded me of this. So it's like, you know, maybe some mm -hmm. trauma based stuff. It's not really about you. It's not really about the situation. It just reminds me of this other situation that I have not processed yet. It's the mm -hmm. thing that's about the thing. That's how we describe it in our house. And it's the same thing. Yeah. So if you get a negative response, maybe it's not you, you know, mm -hmm. maybe a coworker did something shitty and they just haven't told you yet. And so now mm -hmm. Cause you, you hurt, um, hurt people, hurt people that are closest to them mm -hmm. because they're oh, safe yeah. people. Cause you're not afraid they're going to leave when you do that. They're not going to. Yeah. They're safe. There's no risk. Yeah. It's not a high risk yeah. thing. Right. So, yeah. and they're closest to you. So you, you figure if I blow up at them, well, they should know me. So, they, <laughs> you know, they should know that this, mm -hmm. I'm not really mad at them. I'm really pissed off about this other thing. And that comes yeah. up more often than you really think it does. I think most couples problems probably are, it's a thing. That's not the thing. It's a deeper thing. Yeah. It's a, it's a different thing. And it's not, the, it's not necessarily what is being addressed in the moment. It's a bigger conversation that takes more than that moment to solve. When somebody's heated. Yeah. Yes. That too. And yeah. so I think I asking questions that kind of probe around that, like what else is going on in your life? Like, what else is happening, you know? And, and even after you apologize, like, why, why is this, you know? So, um, so here's some self-reflective stuff that happens. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, here's why I love the way they phrase this last one, though. It's an acknowledgement that the person is frustrated or having a bad day or whatever it happens to be without trying to, like, it's acknowledging that they're frustrated without trying to solve the problem. It's simply i get it seems like you're frustrated i'm going to take this thing off your plate so you don't have to worry about it but there's no like what's you don't have to 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 engage with somebody and 
make them feel like you care. You don't have to ask them about what's going on necessarily. And that's why I love it. It's an acknowledgement that they're struggling. And if they want, some people just, they need to take a deep breath. They need to not feel overwhelmed. And that simple act of kindness and love is sometimes enough to just let them decompress. Like, I know you're stressed out. I got this. Don't worry about it. And if you want to come and talk to me, I'm here. Like that's essentially what this is saying. Like I recognize that you're, struggling i'm going to do this thing for you and when you're ready to talk you can come talk to me and if you're in a healthy relationship your partner would understand that the most unhealthy thing is the people who are like like they're creating this hufflepuff and then they and then you do something subtle like this and then they're like well you clearly don't care because you didn't make it a big deal and if 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 you're not gonna if you don't know what's wrong and i'm not gonna tell you and it we creates all this drama. That's an unhealthy response. Yep. Sometimes people just need to know that you're there for them and that's it. I agree with that 100%. So, yep. I know I'm, I'm, I'm like, it's smart West now that I'm out here on the, on the, on the East coast, Bostonian side of things. Yeah. Yeah. The East coast. Yeah. Well, East so coast, least coast, East coast, least coast. Is that what you said? Yeah. West, West coast, best, best coast. coast. Yeah. That's good. I'm glad you're, refrain retain that all right um well i picked up some other uh stuff uh from their website from other articles that they wrote you know just kind of like threw it out there i'm doing a hand waving gesture Mm -hmm. um i'm doing that because we're not going to talk about those that's why i did that that's my subconscious saying we're going to disregard these tonight but i think these are good topics for us to pick up later on i think so as we're kind of butting up against our time limit here um but Mm -hmm. i think what, what I'm hoping is that, um, well, you and I, of course, but also our listeners get to understand that, they, you know, here are some great tools that you and I have incorporated, um, us not specifically in the sense that it's from the Gottman Institute, but we we incorporate these things from the counseling that we've had, too, because I think they're pretty universal. And sometimes you just need people just to say it out loud for you to go, oh, yep. and then as we talk about this, we're hoping for self-reflection, because mm-hmm. um, I self-reflect as I wrote some of my notes down and and as we're talking about John and I are talking about this, we're thinking about self-reflection. So reflect on your relationship, reflect on your relationships with your friends, especially with your partners or lovers or husband or wife. Think about, are there areas where I have not been communicating, where I've been shutting them down, where I've not been turning towards them? Uh, and maybe that's the problem. Sometimes it's hard for us to see that we're the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and cause we're, it's easier yeah, to sure. blame others. So in biblical terms, cause my mind always goes to biblical terms, Adam and Eve, right? Like, so Eve takes the apple or not the apple, but the fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And Adam's there the whole time. <laughs> and he also decides I'm going to eat this too. So it wasn't Eve's fault. Even Eve, Eve didn't convince him. Adam was was right there as well, uh, to take this, uh, fruit. Um, and it, it shows that we both need to reflect because I think oftentimes people are like, well, if Eve didn't eat the virgin fruit, we'd all be living in this cool vegetarian garden. Um, which isn't true. We, it's our nature to, and by the way, if anyone remembers that story of Adam and Eve, they blamed each other before God. Well, Eve ate the fruit first. And then Eve was like, yeah, but the serpent told me to. And so everyone was blaming each other. We need to stop that and reflect 
and say, am I the problem? Do Is there something that I could do that could make our situations better? And one of the things that I try to work on, I'm not always successful, I try to work on is, is that old adage that treat others like how you want to be treated. You know, uh, doesn't mean it's always going to work out that way. Um, I've tried it and that's true. Um, but if you, you know, make an effort to be kind and loving and respectful and attentive, um, then that person might also appreciate that to the point where they want to reciprocate that. And if they don't, then you can point that out. Not that I'm so kind and so helpful and so loving, but like, Hey, um, I would really appreciate if this would happen or that we would talk to each other this way more often. Um, because I feel like you and I could both use that. Mm-hmm. And I also learned through our counseling just to not use so much you language, um, but to use I language. So instead of saying, you always make me feel this way, say, I feel this way when I'm told this. Mm-hmm. Uh, because then it, it, I think it takes a, a tense situation and kind of um, breaks that tension because then the person doesn't always feel like they have, to, the other person doesn't always feel like they have to be on the defensive. Yeah. We and, always told, which Tate, means that they're willing to listen. Yeah. Along that exact line, like we always told Tate, like you can't control how other people respond to you, but yep. you can control how you respond. That, and and that's great, John, because that's the only thing we have control of. Mm-hmm. Unless we're, like you made a choice, psychopathic, like narcissistic assholes. And sometimes it's hard to respond certain ways. And sometimes I get that it makes you frustrated, but you still have a choice to the way you interact and the way you choose to stay or leave or fight or flee or like you have a choice. Yep. I agree with that. And dear listener, harder to make. Yep. And dear listener, you have a choice to listen to any podcast that you want and you've chosen to listen to this one. And we really do appreciate that. And um, John and I, this is therapeutic for us because we get to uh, see each other, while, especially while he's gone, um, and have these conversations that we have all the time that we wanted to share with you mm-hmm. because we think as as two guys that are just normal people uh, having normal everyday conversations, it's, it's helpful to hear that um, when you're searching maybe for answers of certain things and just want to feel some kind of slice of normalcy, to be mm-hmm. quite honest. If you really appreciate was- this, go ahead. It was really nice. You know, it's nice talking about uh, having com- a good conversation about ways to improve our lives. And uh, uh, on the same tone, I look forward to talking about midterm elections next No, we're not podcast. talking about any of that. We're not talking about the red wave. <laughs> we're not going to talk about any of those things. I don't want to talk no, about those things. No, not. it's all bullshit. I just don't want to. I, I know it's all bullshit. That's what makes it fun. No, it nothing about I, politics is fun. I actually don't want to talk. It's about all it's super duper painful and convoluted. No, tell me more about that. Nope. And if you really <laughs> appreciate us, uh, you can, uh, you can donate um, crypto to us, uh, any kind of form of Satoshi's, which is a form of Bitcoin. Uh, you can go to balderdash boys at get Albi. That's G E T A L B Y.com. You can send bottom shelf bourbon to my condo in Providence. You can do that too. If you leave us a voicemail, we might just, with your number, we might just call you back and give you our addresses. Also, would, you can go, if I you would go give to, out this address, I wouldn't give out the Seattle address. Yeah. You can also, that's a, that's a good idea, actually. This con, it, I mean, this is like a, a three door code 
I have two padlocks and a two deadbolts and a like I this is a safe building. Oh, crime ridden neighborhood. It and is it is a brick shit house. Yeah. <laughs> With a pizza place, apparently. And um sells coke. <laughs> let me finish my pitch, man. If you go what to Fountain, place, if you go to Fountain Dot pizza to an entire Good. state and doesn't also sell coke. God. If you go to fountain.fm <laughs> and look us up. Beer, bourbon, and balderdash. As you stream and listen to this podcast, you will earn satoshis, and satoshis. you can use those satoshis to send to us, saying with a little uh, boostagram, little message to us. You can also go to Podverse. Podverse also supports boostagrams, where you can send us satoshis that way. Um, and uh, you know, if you're a Bitcoin kind of person, that's a good way to support this show. Show us some love. Give us some communique back. Um, uh, John and I want to hear from our listeners. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to know if you're out there and you're listening to this, that you want to share what you think we're small enough right now that we will entertain any kind of outside. Yeah. But at the rate we're going in 25 years, it'll be a hundred people. (laughs) (laughs) Also, please connect with us on Twitter before it's gone. No, we don't have a Twitter page. So Sucks to suck. Instagram. We have an Instagram page. It's Instagram is at Balderdash Boys. You can look up Beer Bourbon Balderdash. We're there. And I'll usually post Big, some silly boys, things yeah. on there. Big beautiful boys. Dot com and uh or actually beer bourbon balderdash.com and stay tuned. So hopefully within the next six months we'll have a live show. Anything else to share, Johnny? I love you guys. Thanks for listening. I miss you. When I'm back in Seattle, I'm looking forward to giving you a big squeezer. Ooh, I like that. Tomorrow. Yeah. Next day, Thursday. Yeah. I agree. And also, yes, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. And in all honesty, uh, having this while I'm away from home and away from my family has been invaluable. It's yeah. a great conversation. It's great to see your face. It makes me feel more connected to my home, which is important. So thanks. Awesome. Awesome. Until next time or next week. Uh, cheers all. Appreciate you. You gotta say your, you gotta say your goodbye. What's your goodbye? Fuck. (laughs) Bye. Bye.